This is the word of God. This is our salvation. This is Jesus Christ. So I think this is the best place for us to be. Well, quarter hour power tonight is we're starting on section three, which is connecting our family to Jesus' power, to Christ's power. You know, isn't a happy family almost an, a rare thing these days? I mean, with two parents and children all living under the same roof, all getting on, is that getting rarer and rarer and rarer? It is. Well, we're going to look at uh, tonight, lead, not push. And then our next meeting, we're going to look at family time. That is my favorite one. I really encourage you to be here for that one. And then we're going to look at the ABCs. But uh, starting tonight, Psalm 127.3. If you're taking notes, you can write that down or you can look it up in your Bible or watch it off the screen. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. You know, that word heritage, it means that we belong to God. Our children belong to God. It's kind of like... His inheritance coming his way, it kind of belongs to him. I looked it up in the dictionary, and it even suggests something like an heirloom, you know, in the family. Children are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. You know, we did not die to give our children eternal life. We can take care of them in this world, but Jesus has bought them for eternity. We might provide our children with the bed they sleep on. We might put the roof over their head. We might give them the food. We might even buy them a little cuddly doll like there is in here. But, you know, they're only loaned us. Children are only loaned us. Our children are God's children. He's loaned loaned them to us to care for and to bring up for him. You know, whether our children are small children, like the, the girl in the bed there, or whether our children are youth or whether they're grown and married, whether they have families of their own, they're still our children. We're still their parents, and we still have a responsibility. Oops, wrong button. We still have a responsibility to guide them. You know, you can't say as much, can you, when they get bigger. But I'm going to try and explain to you tonight, it's not so much what we say as what we do that has a big influence on them. Let me take you back. Just ladies and men, remember the birth of your first child. Just go back in your mind. Here's a happy couple and a happy baby. How long did it take until you realized that the baby of your dreams was not a saint? Did that, did that happen in the first week? Maybe if you were really besotted, it was the first year. But, you know, sooner or later, we realize that our little child, our little bundle of joy has also got a self inside it, just like we have. And sooner or later, we start to realize that. Some parents never recognize that having brought a child into the world, that they have a responsibility to train those little ones, those youth, for God. God died for them to have eternal life, and he's given us to train them. Others recognize that they have a job, but they don't know how to do it. They try. I mean, they send them to Christian school, or maybe they homeschool them, or they they do their best. They get them involved in sports and all kinds of things for character development. But, you know, when they get to the teenage years, 
It's, it seems almost today like it's, it's potluck, whether your children get through the teen years or whether they just go off the rails. But good news is there are some parents who recognize they have to raise their children and they are enjoying doing it. They have the tools, they have the word of God, and they're going forward. Isn't, is that hard to believe that parenting can actually be fun? I speak to many parents and it's like, oh man, that's, that's not for cowards, as James Dobson said. What I want to talk about is to get us into that experience of recognizing what we need to give our children and being able to give it to them. 1 Peter 5.3 says, Neither has been lords over God's heritage, but been in samples to the flock. Now this is primarily, I believe, written to pastors, to church leaders, but it also applies to parents that we should be examples or examples. We should live a life that our children can copy and follow. You know, if we get irritated with their foolishness, who is is worst off in that situation? Say the children are messing around and we say, well, you guys just quit! (laughs) who's, Who's worse off in that situation? God gave us the children to train for him. Train up a child in the way he should go, the Bible says. So if we get irritated at their foolishness, we are not leading them in the right way. How about when the phone rings and mom says, it's for you, and dad says, tell them I'm not here. And then you scold the children for lying to you. We're teaching them to lie by many of the things that we do. How about when we tell them not to argue, but when they're in bed, they hear mom and dad going at it. We can't tell them one thing and do the opposite. Children and youth learn more by what they see in mom and dad than by what we say to them. They see a whole lot more than we say. And also, a friend of mine sings a song The song is entitled, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. And the main line is there, the eyes are better pupil, more willing than the ear. It is so true. You wonder where your children got a lot of the stuff they do? Well, dare I say, you look in the mirror. (laughs) They are little mirrors themselves. So what happens if we push our children? When I say push, I mean if we try to instruct them in one way, but we don't live it ourselves. We create barriers. Children, they can't, they can't expound this. They can't tell you it, but the barriers start to come between you and your children. Also, if we push them by telling them to, the way to live, but we don't do it ourselves, we create seeds of rebellion. And those seeds, it's just like seeds in the garden. You don't see them at first. But by the time they get to about 14, 15, 17, I mean, it varies, But those seeds start to bear some fruit. And it's because we push them. We try to tell them what to do without showing them what to do. And we also end up with constant contentions. Now, I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that we we need to maintain authority in our homes. We don't need to let the children walk over us. We're going to look at this in a future meeting. We need to set some boundaries. And also, if our children are younger, we need to set some consequences if they step over those boundaries. That's what God does for us. If you want to know how to parent children, see how God parents us. So, 
we must lead by example. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to John 17, verse 19. John 17, verse 19. It says there, and for their sakes, that their sakes, that's our sakes, this is Jesus speaking, for their sakes I sanctify myself. Jesus is saying he sanctifies himself for their sakes, for our sakes, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And that goes for parents. Sanctified just is a, it's a Bible word for setting ourselves apart. You know, the the pots and pans back in the Old Testament, in that sanctuary they had there, they were sanctified, they were set apart. This church is sanctified, it's set apart for a holy use. That's all that word means. So Jesus is here saying, for their sakes, for our sakes, I sanctify myself. And we need to do that as parents. If we're going to sanctify ourselves, it comes back to these same principles that I've been going over and over again. We need to recognize the war we're in. We need to recognize that we have a will that needs to be surrendered. We need to connect to the superpower. If we do that, then we are sanctifying ourselves for the sake of our children. Does Christ lead or does Christ push? Matthew 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples. Do you want to be one of Jesus' disciples? Do you want to disciple your children? He said, if any man will come after me, does that sound like a leader or a pusher? Come after me. Jesus never asks us to do anything that he hasn't done already. Come after me. Let him deny himself, that's that surrender to self, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus wants us to follow him. If we follow him, there's much more of a chance that our children will follow us. Let's get specific. Prayer. You know, the power of prayer, we haven't really touched on it so far in this seminar, and I'm sure many of you have experienced it, but we need to pray very specifically for our children, whether they're three or 53. Pray specifically for them. If you know they're struggling with something, pray specifically for what they're struggling with. It's a great help. It tunes you into them as well. Pray for wisdom in leading them. If you've got children still in the home, You haven't got the wisdom to know how to lead them. If you've got grandchildren, you haven't got the wisdom to know, even though you've had your own children, you haven't got the wisdom to lead those grandchildren. Pray for it. Pray with your children. If you have that opportunity, pray with them. Let them hear you praying for them. That touches their heart. And if you're all under the same roof together, why not call your family together before you go to bed? Kneel down in a nice spot and have a prayer together. Even if it's just a husband and wife, do that. Be there for your children. Listen to their joys and their woes. You know, sometimes, I have two little children, sometimes they'll come and they're they're telling me all kinds of things and I'm in the middle of doing something. And it's so easy to tune them out. You know what I mean? Don't bother me now. You might not say it, but you're still watching what you're watching or you're still doing what you're doing. Listen to their joys and their woes. That's how you bond heart to heart. Take an interest in their interests. You know, what is it like when somebody's interested in the things you're interested in? You hit it off together, don't you? Take an interest in your children's interests. Spend time playing together. And that really ties me in for tomorrow. We're going to talk about family time. 
You know, many families do not take the time to play together, to do something fun together. It almost seems like it's a waste of time. But if we want to gain the hearts of our children, if we want them to grow up into Christian men and women, then we need to set them example and we need to spend time with them. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.